your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 633 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today, we're going to sort of combine two different episode uh, ongoing series here into one episode. And what I mean by that is something that we've done this offseason pretty much ever since the Ranger season ended in the Eastern Conference Final. We've been doing free agency spotlight where we take a look at all the different New York Ranger unrestricted and restricted free agents. And we just kind of assess, you know, where they stand and if they could be back with the Rangers, how much it might cost, et cetera, et cetera. We have also, with the draft right around the corner here, upcoming on Thursday and Friday, we have also been looking at Ranger draft targets, specifically players that they should draft or could look to draft with their first pick in the NHL draft, which is number 63 at the very end of the second round, the third to last pick of the second round. So what we're going to do today is do a little bit of both of those two things, free agency spotlight and Ranger draft targets. As far as other you know, New York Ranger free agent episodes, we talked about Ryan Strom in episode 623. We talked about Andrew Kopp in episode 626. And we talked about Frank Vitrano in episode 628. So those are the episodes to go to if you want to, uh, you know, Find out my thoughts on any of those players. And then as far as draft targets are concerned, we talked about Bryce McConnell-Barker in episode 631. And then in episode 632, we talked about three different players, Topi Ronnie, David Boyette, and Devin Kaplan. And that brings us to right now, we'll start with free agency spotlight, and we'll point the spotlight right at Tyler Mott, 27 years old, former fourth-round pick by the Chicago Blackhawks. All the way back in 2013, he went number 121 overall that year. He can play either wing, which is always very nice. Uh, Somebody that was brought over by the Rangers in a last-minute trade at the deadline, really right at the zero hour there. Uh, The Rangers send a 2023 fourth-round pick to the Vancouver Canucks in exchange for Tyler Mott. And I would say he was well worth the price. You know, fourth-round picks, I mean, it's nothing to sneeze at, but it's rare that you really knock it out of the park with your fourth-round pick. Uh, And with Tyler Mott, Rangers picked up an excellent complimentary piece to a team that, you know, obviously ended up making a very nice run for itself, and Tyler Mott certainly had a hand in that. As far as Mott's career stats, 269 career games with the Blackhawks, Blue Jackets, Canucks, and now the Rangers, 35 goals and 27 assists. So just 62 points in those 269 games. But with Tyler Mott, as we all know, not really about offense production. It's more about just bringing the energy, playing tough defense, killing penalties, and, uh, you know, just giving a boost to the bottom six, giving that bottom six a little bit of a jolt, uh, namely the fourth line, I think, whether it's with the Rangers or any other team, Tyler Mott, more often than not, going to be pegged for the fourth line, uh, which is fine because he does a great job there. Uh, He's also a minus 22 overall in his career. He has averaged 12 minutes and 56 seconds of ice time throughout his career, 655 hits, 226 block shots. And to zero in on this past season, 58 total games in the regular season. He had 49 with the Canucks and nine with the Rangers. Uh, With the Rangers, no points in the regular season. He was a minus one overall 12 minutes and 33 seconds of ice time on the average per night, 27 hits, 
and seven block shots. And of course, the reason why he played so few regular season games with the Rangers down the stretch is because he was taken out by Anthony Angelo of the Penguins on what was a questionable hit at best. Uh, that was the fourth and final meeting between the Rangers and the Penguins in the regular season. Obviously set the stage for a nasty, uh, emotionally charged playoff series between those two teams. And of course, uh, that regular season game itself, the, the final of the four games that they played against each other in the regular season, got really nasty after Tyler Mott took that hit, which would also let you know that uh, he became a very popular player in that locker room very shortly after getting there. And in fact, in those nine games that he played with the Rangers, in the regular season, just in those nine games alone, forget about the playoffs for a second, in those nine games alone, he became a very popular player among the fans. I feel like a game and a half into his Ranger tenure, everybody was already calling for Tyler Mott to be re-signed at the end of the season, and hopefully that's something that can come to fruition. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit as well. But yeah, when you bring the kind of effort that Tyler Mott brings on a night-in and night-out basis, on a shift-in and shift-out basis, Ranger fans they're going to warm up to you pretty quick. And that's what we saw with Tyler Mott, even in just those nine regular season games that he played before he got injured. And again, I mentioned this a second ago, but he really gave that fourth line a shot in the arm, you know, to the point where they would actually create the odd scoring opportunity when they were out there. And even when they weren't necessarily producing scoring chances, they did tend to rack up a little bit more offensive zone time when Tyler Mott was part of the equation. Which brings me to my next point, the impact that Tyler Mott made on the Rangers in the playoffs. If you guys remember, you know, Mott, when he got that injury, he was not expected to be back unless the Rangers made a fairly deep playoff run. I think the optimistic outlook was that he might be able to rejoin the team sometime in the second round of the playoffs, maybe toward the end of the second round of the playoffs. But he beat that timetable by leaps and bounds. Uh, he came back in the first round in game six against the Pittsburgh Penguins and somebody that I thought really made a difference for the Rangers in that series and beyond. Uh, you know, the Rangers really missed him from a defensive standpoint, just in general, and also for his work on the penalty kill. Like I said, completely smashed his injury timetable, came back for game six against the Penguins. Rangers won that game. The Rangers won game seven. And I kept saying, you know, during the Ranger playoff run, because he, he just plays with so much energy and he's such a buzzsaw out there. I kept saying that this dude is due to score a goal. He's due to make a big play in a big spot at some point in this Ranger playoff run. And I kind of got my wish in game three. Uh, Tyler Mott scored an empty netter. If you guys remember, that was the game where the Rangers were down two games to nothing to the Canes. So they absolutely had to win this game back at Madison Square Garden. It's also the game where Chris Kreider, with like 2.30 left in the game, just completely missed an empty net. I don't know how he missed it, but Tyler Mott obviously picked up his teammate, got control of a loose puck along the boards, and basically just lifted it down the ice and into the empty net. So a clutch play there by Tyler Mott. And then, of course, you know, the Rangers end up winning that series in seven games. But the other big play that Tyler Mott made in that series, the one that, you know, was, was kind of the one as far as what I was talking about when I said that he was going to make a big play, uh, this would be in game six. And he basically took control of the puck in the Rangers zone, you know, just shy of the blue line, was kind of in the center of the ice, went right up the center of the rink, gained the Canes blue line, and then just... Let a wrist shot go off of Ronta's arm and into the net. Bit of a soft goal, but, you know, Tyler Mott forcing the issue by skating right up the center of the ice. And, you know, as we always say, sometimes good things happen when you put the puck on the net. And, of course, that was a very emotional goal for Tyler Mott as well. Uh, my understanding is that his fiance's grandmother had passed away, you know, just a couple days before this. And after he scored the goal, he pointed to the heavens. So, obviously, a very, very cool moment for Tyler Mott there. Just a very likable player and somebody that I think— the Rangers should at least consider bringing back. 
We're going to talk about a couple things working in his favor as far as why he could end up back on the New York Rangers, and we will get to that in just a second. But first, just want to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Lockdown New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. The NHL Draft is right around the corner, and our team of local hosts and draft experts are breaking it down with insights and analysis for every first-round pick. Subscribe to Lockdown New York Rangers on YouTube for all the latest breakdowns on the NHL Draft and more. All right, so a couple of things that I think could be working in Tyler Mott's favor as it pertains to, you know, the Rangers potentially bringing him back on a deal next season and beyond. He is, of course, an unrestricted free agent. Uh, for starters, you've got the report from Larry Brooks that Ryan Strom, Andrew Kopp, and Frank Vetrano are all expected to hit the open market as unrestricted free agents. Now, of course, you never know what can happen. Is it possible that the Rangers and Vetrano or the Rangers and Strom or the Rangers and Kopp can come to an agreement at the zero hour and prevent one of these players from hitting the market? It's at least possible. But at this point, if you're one of those guys, I would think you probably want to hit the open market. And that way, you can negotiate with 32 teams instead of just one team. I mean, at this point, it's kind of common sense. So I wouldn't look for a deal to get done. You never know. But I wouldn't look for a deal to get done between the Rangers and any of those players. And in all likelihood, probably all going to be gone in free agency. Again, you never know. It's possible the Rangers bring back one of them. But I feel like uh, the writing might be kind of on the wall at this point. And the reason I bring that up is because those three players, along with Tyler Mott, are kind of what I would call the big four of New York Ranger unrestricted free agents. You know, they're the guys that I think, you know, if you ask different fans, everybody's got their favorite and the certain player that they want the Rangers to bring back. But if all three of those players do indeed walk in unrestricted free agency, there's a trickle-down effect. And we've talked about that throughout this entire series, how, you know, if you don't re-sign Cop, maybe there's a better chance it re-signs Strom. Uh, same thing if you don't re-sign either one of them. Maybe Vetrano can come back. And that also applies to Tyler Mott because if you're not shelling out $3 million, $5 million, $6 million to players like Strom or Copper Vetrano, then that leaves more money, more cap space for somebody like Tyler Mott, who will not command nearly as much money per season as any of those players. Certainly not Strom or Cop, and probably not Vetrano either. And so, you know, again, you look at Mott's contract history. Uh, he, of course, had his ELC with the Blackhawks, where he was making $925,000 a year for three years, and then he had a one-year deal with the Canucks at $975,000. Then he had a two-year deal with the Canucks at $1.225 million per season. So I would say Tyler Mott going to be a UFA for the first time, certainly in line for a raise. And I feel like the Rangers, they, they can't be the only team that sees some value in Tyler Mott, a useful bottom six player, somebody that can go out there and play with a lot of tenacity and help you with your penalty kill, all that good stuff. But I can't see him breaking the bank either. Like, as far as, like, an average annual value for Tyler Mott, and this could have something to do with how many years he ends up signing for as well, 
I can't see him getting more than like $2.25 million per season. Maybe he gets like $2.5 million per season. That's at least possible. Uh, so we'll see how that goes there. Something else that I think works in favor of Tyler Mott. Look, if Andrew Kopp leaves as an unrestricted free agent, and if Kevin Rooney leaves as an unrestricted free agent, well, those are two of your absolute best penalty killers and two of your best defensive forwards. And so if they're both gone, it might mean that the Rangers are a little bit more inclined to try to bring back Tyler Mott and, you know, have a forward that's kind of known for being a defense first guy and certainly somebody who can do some great work on the penalty kill. As far as what might be working against him, this is kind of uh, an evergreen reason as far as things working against every single uh, impending unrestricted free agent for the New York Rangers, but that would, of course, be the salary cap crunch. And, you know, it's hard to project exactly what Tyler Mott's going to get, maybe like $1.75 million a season or $2 million per season. I think that's pretty realistic. And it probably doesn't sound like it's really that much. It's not that much, you know, not by professional athlete salaries, at least. Um, but, you know, every dollar counts right now for the Rangers because they've got precious little room to maneuver underneath the salary cap. But with all that said, I still do think Tyler Mott is affordable, especially if you don't bring back any of Cop, Stromer, Vetrano. And if there's not a big move to be made for the Rangers and they don't end up going out there and, you know, trading for somebody like Shifley or they don't trade for Pierre-Luc Dubois or they don't bring in, I don't know, Dylan Larkin or Malkin or somebody like that, uh, then I think for sure... You know, if there's not a splashy move to be made, then you could definitely shell out, you know, $1.75 million a season or $2 million per season to Tyler Mott for, you know, two or three years or whatever it might take to get him to stick with the New York Rangers. I think he'd be a valuable player and somebody that will probably end up, whether it's with the Rangers or anybody else, will probably end up being a more valuable player than what his salary would indicate because he just does a lot of the little things very well. Doesn't have the gaudy offensive numbers, but a scrappy player and somebody that you can rely on to provide a lot of energy to your team night in and night out. The other thing I will say as far as something that could be working against him, and Tyler Mott might have just been playing the game here, but, you know, we had the exit interview day where, you know, the Ranger media met with basically every single player on the New York Rangers, and, you know, the big question for all the impending UFAs was, well, did you like your time here? Do you want to still be a New York Ranger? And, you know, a lot of players, uh, Vetrano and Strom more than anybody else, but they really uh, voiced their desire to remain with the New York Rangers. Tyler Mott was complimentary of the Rangers, and it sounded like he certainly enjoyed his his time here, but he was also more guarded than any of, I would say, Cop, Strom, or Vetrano when asked about sticking around with the New York Rangers, and part of that might be that he's playing the game. He doesn't make as much money as a lot of guys in the NHL, and I'm sure, you know, he'd like to be able to cash in a little bit. His biggest salary to date is $1.225 million per season. Nothing to sneeze at, but also not an astronomical amount, especially when you're comparing it to other players in the NHL. And if he sits there and says, oh, yeah, I love the Rangers. I want to come back. Well, then the Rangers, they have a little bit of leverage on him at that point. He might really want to come back to the Rangers, but was just being a little bit coy at that point. Once again, uh, just kind of playing the business side of things. But I, for one, especially if he's affordable and especially if the Rangers don't make any other splashy moves, would love to see Tyler Mott back in Ranger blue next season. Uh, we're going to shift our attention to the NHL draft and a couple of players that I like at number 63 for the New York Rangers uh, for Thursday's draft, and we will do that in just a second. All right, and so shifting our attention to the NHL draft and specifically what the Rangers could look to do with their first pick in this year's draft, which unfortunately will not be until late in the second round, the third to last pick of the second round, which is number 63 overall. But we're going to 
continue with the theme of looking at centers because, you know, it's just an important position and an area where the Rangers are a little bit thin, once again, especially if Kopp and Strom depart in free agency. Uh, but the first target that I have for you guys here today is Matthew Poitras of the OHL's Golf Storm. I feel like we've coincidentally been diving into the OHL quite a bit here, uh, Again, just a coincidence, but I do like Poitras. Uh, not the biggest guy, especially for a center. Five foot eleven, one hundred seventy-six pounds. He has a righty shot. Uh, and as far as where he's ranked among you know different draft publications here, I've got eleven of them open in front of me, and it's all the usual suspects. You know, as far as uh, the people ranking uh, Poitras and the rest of the players, uh, you've got elite prospects, Bob McKenzie. Dauber prospects, among others. Uh, Poitras is ranked as high as number 45 by FC Hockey. He is ranked as low as number 87 by TSN's Craig Button. And eight of the 11 publications that I'm looking at have Poitras still available at number 63. In, in other words, he's ranked lower than number 63. So uh, eight out of 11 believe that he'll still be there when the Rangers, when it's their turn to pick. Uh, Poitras, coming off of an extremely impressive 2021 2022 season with the OHL's Gulf Storm. In his first season with the team, he skated in 68 games, had 21 goals and 29 assists. So 50 points in 68 games was also a plus five. And then in the playoffs, had one goal and three assists in five games. And what makes this even more impressive to me is that the OHL canceled its season in 2020-2021. So Poitras hadn't played hockey since 2019-2020 with the Whitby Wildcats under-16 team. So basically, this dude has gone two years without hockey, and then he steps onto the OHL for his first season in that league, and he produces 50 points in 68 games. Very, very impressive. And while we're on the subject, I do want to call at least some attention to his final season with the Whitby Wildcats under-16 team. And I realize, you know, again, anybody who's an NHL draft prospect and somebody that has a chance to play in the NHL, very good chance that they were an absolutely dominant player in their youth, you know, when they were just kids. But this is just crazy what he did with the Whippy Wildcats. He was the captain of that team, 36 games, 26 goals, and 42 assists. So 68 points in just 36 games. He also added another 12 points in eight playoff games. Gets high marks for his play on the power play. He's a good passer. Uh, the general consensus that I'm seeing is that he's a player who will not be outworked. You know, just a very tenacious player. Almost reminded me uh, of Tyler Mott, as I say that, because we just got done talking about Mott, obviously. Uh, but somebody who I think could be a very popular Ranger for that reason alone. Just the, the very strong work ethic and also a strong defensive player with a good stick. Uh, and again, not the biggest player, but he does find a way uh, to win puck battles through sheer determination. And... As far as some knocks on him, it does sound like he struggles with his consistency a little bit. Once again, when we're talking about young players and consistency, that doesn't really bother me that much. That's always something that uh, you can get better at as you get older. Uh, sounds like he lacks some aggression as far as uh, you know going through the middle of the ice and getting to those high-danger scoring areas. And he apparently lacks some of the explosiveness that certain players possess. And on top of everything I just said, uh, it does sound like his draft stock is climbing a little bit recently, so there's a chance that he could be gone when the Rangers select at number 63 overall, but I hope not because I think there's a lot to like here. As far as the guys that I've gone over on this podcast, uh, he definitely is one of my favorites, and I'll leave you guys with a couple of scouting reports as it pertains to Matthew Poitras. We've got one here from an NHL scout. He's the way the NHL is going. Not big, but very smart. On the puck, plays at both ends of the ice. He's a kid I really like. And then we have another scouting report here from Olivia McCarter of FC Hockey. Poitras is a strong offensive player. He challenged much better 
when in the offensive zone and presented a good net front presence. He showed better puck handling, control, and showed pretty good vision. Poitras also had much better hustle and was able to set his linemates up really well. I noticed there were often times where he didn't really get in the mix and held back a little. I think based off this view, Poitras could be a late third-round pick. And I should also point out that that scouting report was uh, submitted or whatever in January of 2022. And so it sounds like since then his stock has climbed at least a little bit. Uh, we got another scouting report here. I'll leave you guys with this one as it pertains to Poitras. This one comes to us from Jacob Barker of Dauber Prospects. Although the numbers won't wow you, Poitras is a prospect that you do not want to miss. He is incredibly hardworking with a well-rounded skill set that he utilizes effectively in all three zones of the ice. Defensively, his work ethic matched with his high-level knowledge of the game allow him to anticipate opponents' decisions and force turnovers. It is somewhat challenging to project if Poitras is going to end up being a star at the next level, but his complete set of tools and work ethic makes it easy to see him as a surefire NHLer with lots of two-way upside. All right, and I figure we can uh, throw out one more potential target for the New York Rangers at number 63 overall, and we've been focusing quite a bit at forward and specifically center. I want to throw out at least one defenseman, though, and this is a guy that kind of caught my eye when, you know, just kind of looking at players that might be taken around number 63 overall, and that would be Simon Forsmark. He is 18 years old, six foot two, 194 pounds already at the age of 18. Keep that in mind. Uh, he's got a lefty shot, which is another thing, too. I think I would prefer a lefty defenseman. Rangers are at least a little bit deeper on the right side, and even when you look at, you know, some of the players that might be coming along in the Rangers system right now. You've got Nils Lundqvist as a righty, uh, Hunter Skinner as a righty. By that same token, you know, Matthew Robertson is a lefty, Zach Jones is a lefty, but I do think they're a little bit uh, more deep on the right side than they are on the left side. And so uh, the fact, once again, that Forsmark is a lefty, that's just an added bonus here. But in 2021-2022, he played for Orobro HK J20 of J20 National. And skated in 23 games, had five goals and 22 assists. So 27 points in 23 games. He was also a plus eight. He also had a goal and six assists in five playoff games. And he was named the defenseman of the year in that league. Then he also played for Orobro HK of the SHL, skated in 41 games, no goals and three assists. And I think one reason for the major offensive dropout there is because the SHL is no joke. This isn't one of the junior leagues where, you know, it's all ages 16 to 21. This is an adult men's league and there's no age limitations. And so obviously you go from playing with fellow teenagers to playing with adults. Probably going to hurt your production at least a little bit, especially when it's your first season in the league and you're only 18 years old. So naturally there's going to be a transition period. Uh, as far as where he's ranked, you know, by all these various NHL draft publications, I've got 11 of them open here. And he's ranked as high as number 36 by Puck Authority and as low as number 84 by Craig Button of TSN. Going by this and just kind of looking at where he's ranked here, I think it's about 50-50 if Forsmark is still going to be there when the Rangers pick at number 63. Something that could definitely go either way. Based on what I'm gathering, though, I would say maybe like a 55% chance that he's still there at number 63. Uh, you never know. A team could reach for him or trade up to get him if they like him. Uh, very, very difficult to project, but I think better chance than not that Forsmark is still there when the Rangers are on the clock at number 63. And everything that I'm gathering here, he seems to be considered a high-risk, high-reward 
prospect. But I will say this. With the way that the Rangers have been able to develop defensemen very consistently over the years, you look at Fox, Lindgren, Miller, Schneider. You could even maybe throw Zach Jones in there to a much lesser extent. I think Jones has a bright future in this league. And then guys in the past, like, you know, McDonough, Girardi, Stahl. And I also realize, you know, not everybody that I just mentioned was drafted by the New York Rangers, but they all got their NHL career underway with the Rangers. And I feel like, you know, a boomer bust prospect, the Rangers can do it again. They can find a way to make this kid uh, reach his full potential at the NHL. So I'm not too scared of the fact that along with a high ceiling, he would seemingly also have a pretty low floor. From what I'm gathering, he's not the most mobile defenseman, and I think that's probably where some of the concern comes from as far as him having kind of a low floor, but he tends to make up for it with good defensive positioning and just playing a very physical brand of hockey. Sounds like skating is also something of an issue, something that needs improvement. And by the way, I think this probably goes without saying, everything I'm saying right now, it's not for me breaking down just hours and hours of film on this guy. This is just me going by the consensus, what the majority of the scouts are saying about all of these players that I'm talking about here. They do this for a living. They're very, very good at it. And I'm just kind of trusting their word for it uh, for the most part. You know, I catch a couple of videos here and there, but uh, I don't know about you guys. I don't have hours and hours and hours to look at a film from every single player that's eligible for this NHL draft. Uh, but as far as some positives, he does apparently move the puck very well and is a very accurate passer. That probably goes without saying with all the assists that he uh, put up in 2021-2022 at least before he joined the SHL, uh, also has a very active stick and does a good job protecting the puck. And I'll leave you guys with a couple of scouting reports as it pertains once again to Simon Forsmark. We've got from FC Hockey, Josh Bell. He's an extremely mature defender, a strong two-way presence. Forsmark is strong defending the rush, leading with his stick and angling out into the boards with ease. He's a takeaway machine, forcing turnovers with regularity and quickly turning it back up the ice. It seems that any puck around him, on a stick or not, seems to end up on his stick. And then we've also got Alexa Potak of Dauber Prospects. Forsberg has struggled to produce offense so far, but he is engaged in offensive play through zone entries and his positioning in the offensive zone. He occasionally has seemed overwhelmed in the defensive end by the quicker and stronger competition at the men's level. However, he primarily needs to work on his defensive positioning and speed in order to adapt to a step up in competition. And that scouting report obviously refers to his jump to the SHL, which obviously is a pretty big jump. And I figure I'll leave you guys with one more uh, scouting report here. This comes to us from Tony Ferrari of the Hockey News. His defensive game has been what caught the eye of many with some very good tendencies defending the rush and quality mobility to mirror the puck carrier before using a smart and controlled stick to break the play up. Forsmark turns play around with smart safe passes and uses his teammates well on the breakout. And I figure we could pretty much end with that. Call it a day here. We will obviously be covering the NHL draft. Very much looking forward to seeing what happens there and who the Rangers take. We'll see if they end up taking one of these players that we've targeted on this podcast here. But either way, obviously, we'll have some thoughts uh, after the draft. We've got one more episode pre-draft. What I might look to do is there's this website that has like a draft simulation where you can pick as the uh, resident GM of whatever team you want. And so I would use that website to basically play Ranger GM and just go through the draft. What it does, you pick for the Rangers and it simulates the rest of the draft. So that might be interesting. See what I can come up with there. We'll see if I can uh, make that happen. But either way, I'm sure our next episode will certainly focus on the draft as well, which will be dropping on Thursday, the day of the first round of the NHL draft. 
But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to the Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel as well. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast.